Good evening, ghouls and ghoulettes, and welcome to Killer Horror Critic, the podcast worth dying for. Hosted by the Killer Horror Critic himself, this is the show where guests from all over the horror spectrum join to talk about some of their favorite horror films. So get snugged under the covers, grab a cuddly puppy, and prepare for tonight's blood-curdling episode of Killer Horror Critic. Good evening, horror fans, and welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Chris. And this is a podcast where my wife and I argue over horror films, like a couple of drunks at the bar. So <laughs> so maybe you never learn anything, but hopefully you have a good time listening as we dig maybe way further into these films than we should sometimes. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but tonight we are continuing our beautiful and bad killer women in horror theme with the 2017 film Tragedy Girls. Uh, before we get into that, we have our usual spoiler-free content, so I always like to start off with uh, new releases for the week. There are a few interesting ones here, so uh, these will all be out by the time you're listening to this, but first up is a film called Slacks, which is coming to Shudder on the 18th, and this one is essentially about a, uh, let's call it like a, I don't know, an American Eagle type shop or something like that, mm. or you know, someplace like that that gets a new shipment of jeans in, and it just so happens that one of those pairs of jeans is possessed by a spirit who is very angry and goes on a killing spree within the shop as a pair of jeans. So, <laughs> Killer pants. Uh, so it sounds absolutely stupid. It is absolutely stupid, but it's also a lot of fun. Uh, Chris and I have actually both seen this one. Yeah. Uh, I caught it at a festival a while ago. I forget which one. <laughs> uh, but but I have seen it. It's very fun. It's very bloody. There's even a Bollywood number in it. And my suggestion to all horror films is to have a Bollywood number. Right? Because uh, I am just obsessed whenever a musical number shows up in a horror <laughs> movie. Uh, but no, but yeah, so Slacks. Definitely check it out. Uh, it was reviewed by our writer, Ren Crane, on KillerHorrorCritic.com, who you can follow on Twitter, at B underscore roll banshee. So that's the letter B underscore roll banshee. And uh, I'm pretty sure Ren also felt the same. You know, it's not a perfect film by any means, but it is a lot of fun. So definitely check that out on Shudder this week if you can. Uh, another one coming to Shudder on the 19th is a film called Coco D, Coco Da. Now, that one off the bat sounds a lot more fun than it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I actually haven't seen this myself yet. I've had a screener forever, and I'm just behind on everything. Um, but but it was reviewed by our writer Amy Lou Ahava on KillerHorrorCritic.com. You can follow Amy Lou on Twitter at Amy Lou Ahava. So that's A M Y L O U A H A V A. But Amy Lou describes it. I believe she described it as like a ultra dark Groundhog's Day type film. Oh shit! Where essentially it deals with, I believe. Uh, let's just say very seedy things that happen to a woman and her significant other, uh, and then they're forced to kind of relive these things over and over and over again. So it's... <laughs> this title is a misnomer. 
It, a little bit, you know, because it gives it like sort of a fairy tale vibe, which I believe, if I understand correctly, the film has a bit of that touch to it. But it's very, very dark. So, <laughs> uh, but I have heard, I have heard it's good. You know, Amy Lou did like it, despite it being as dark as it is. And I've, I've read a lot of other positive reviews on it. But, uh, but if that one sounds up your alley, that is on Shutter this week. And then lastly, is a film called Phobias, which is coming to VOD on the nineteenth. This was reviewed by our writer on KillerHorrorCritic.com, Jay Krieger. You can follow on Twitter at NotFunnyJ, so that's not funny, and then the letter J. Uh, J actually is funny, despite that <laughs> Twitter. Uh, but anyway, uh, this one is kind of like a pseudo-horror anthology about people who are kidnapped and kind of forced to get into their heads with their fears and everything. And then we get kind of a story with each one of, you know, like some thing based around their fear Mm -hmm. i I can't really get too much more into it than that but it's an interesting movie it's well made uh it's not one that i'm like raving about you know Mm -hmm. but it was uh, it was a solid film i'll put it that way it's a solid movie (laughs) you know solid like it's not it's not amazing but it's not bad either and so if you're looking for kind of a untraditional horror anthology that's one that i would definitely recommend checking out otherwise so tragedy girls this is a film that is essentially about these two teenage girls uh, named Sadie and Michaela. And Sadie's played by Brianna Hildebrand, and Michaela's played by Alexandra Ship. And basically, they're these two teenage girls who decide that they want to go down as horror icon legends. <laughs> and so they kidnap a pseudo Jason Voorhees type figure. And they want him to, like, train them in killing. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're doing some killing themselves. And it's got, like, a big social media drive to it and all this stuff. But before we get into spoilers, we always like to do a poll on Twitter. Just kind of getting your thoughts on the film and what you think of it overall. So between love it, it's fine, don't like it, never seen it, where do you think the audience falls on? Tragedy Girls. I refuse to accept anything other than love it. Well, that's fair. Um, <laughs> it's still still not the answer, though. So, uh, so Levitt got 39.1%. It's Fine was 13%. Don't Like It was 6.5%. And Never Seen It was a whopping 41.3%. So I'm actually a little bit surprised by this poll because, you know, I know that, I know that Tragedy Girls maybe doesn't, you know, maybe doesn't, obviously doesn't have the following of, like, Friday the 13th or something like that. Mm-hmm. But for being made in 2017 i think it has a decent following by this point um so i'm actually kind of surprised to learn that so many people just actually haven't seen it yet <laughs> i honestly i can't say that i am surprised unfortunately um like i i fucking love this movie but i can kind of see why it passed a lot of people by because i think even the year it came out there wasn't a whole lot of buzz or talk about it it's just i can't remember which of us stumbled upon the trailer for it first whether it was you or me well i think it ended up doing relatively okay though like i Mm. think it was made for something around 15 million and i want to say that it garnered at least like 60 million or something so so it wasn't a box office failure you know like people saw the movie and and it's gone on to like have merchandise here and there i mean you yourself own two tragedy girls masks so i I own every (laughs) tragedy girls thing i can own with the exception of a poster i have both of the replica masks and the pins um but that's the thing is like you know we watched this movie and so i just casually went like on etsy onto redbubble onto those sites there's like next to no like fan stuff which yeah. that's surprising for me so i'm 
that's why I'm not surprised people haven't seen it. But like, if you haven't at this point, like this movie is fantastic. Go fucking see this movie. Yeah, I mean the poll. <laughs> the poll ended up not ultimately surprising me because after I put it up, I did start. You know, and and I, and I always talk about the movie for like a week <laughs> while yeah. while we're talk while we're recording it. So uh, I have gotten comments about it that you know kind of gave me the impression that this isn't one that a lot of people are super familiar with. Mm-hmm. Or I got the alternative, which is that. You know, I, I think Tragedy Girls suffers from an issue of it's very new age slasher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so especially for 2017 when that was, you know, it was right around like the those mid 2000 teens. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> the, the mid tweens. <laughs> it was right around then that uh, that we started to get some of these more kind of social media driven horror films. Mm-hmm. And even though it's becoming more accepted you know like we just had the film host that came out last year which is like a zoom session gone wrong uh-huh. even though those are becoming more prevalent you know it was still it still was really wasn't like a, a, a type of genre that was being widely done at the time you know like social media was just starting to really begin to creep into the genre over the last few years so i can definitely understand watching tragedy girls and within the first few minutes just kind of being like this is very different you know <laughs> it and, is. and maybe not what i expected uh so Kind of get into that. So this is a film that was uh, directed by Tyler McIntyre, who did the film Patchwork, which if you've never seen Patchwork, I think it's streaming on Shudder. It's actually a great film. Like, Chris, you would really like it, too. I, I want to see it, it so bad. It's been on my list for a while. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, it's essentially about uh, these different women who are all, I think, killed and then sewn together in kind of like a Frankenstein's monster and then they sort of go on a vengeance spree with it. So it's it's a really fun film, and it's got some great effects in it. So if you haven't seen Patrick, I recommend that. But anyway, directed by Tyler McIntyre. It was written by McIntyre and Chris Lee Hill, who also wrote Patchwork, and based on an original script from Justin Olsen. And, uh, you know, let's get into some of our comments here with it. So uh, these are all from Twitter, at mnick1982. This is a big follow of ours, Martin. What's up, Martin? Uh, it says, great film that's still criminally under-talked about. Great performances in what feels like is ultimately a twisted love story. Agreed. Like, everybody in this film does such a great job with their characters and their roles. I honestly think that tragedy girls will follow a similar trend than, like, you know, Jennifer's Body. Where, you know, right around when it came out and a couple of years after it doesn't have a huge following. But I think it will absolutely hit occult status eventually because like Mm. you cannot not love sadie and michaela they are amazing killers and i would die for them (laughs) i mean and look and look before i say this i want to preface with this is not calling out anybody who doesn't like the movie Mm because it it, like reasons you have for not liking things are always valid valid. you know um but i will say that it just tends to be the trend with these very female-driven horror films, mm-hmm. and really just any female-driven film in any genre, <laughs> you know, which is always a shame. But it tends to be the trend that, yeah, when they come out, you know, it, it tends to take a bit before they actually get the cult following that they deserve. Jennifer's Body is a great example where that that movie came out at a time where just nobody really got it. <laughs> <laughs> or or there were, you know, darker reasons for people just kind of banishing it to the wasteland of mm-hmm. movies. But, but yeah, it takes a bit sometimes. And Tragedy Girls, I agree. I think it's going to be one of those movies that, you know, we're already seeing people wearing these masks for Halloween costumes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I do think that within 10 years, you'll see a really big following for Tragedy Girls. But I do think that it needs to be 
discovered by the younger generation to kind of yeah. really start building that. Like, I think you're going to start seeing teenagers growing up with this film, have it be a film that they talk about a lot. Whereas, you know, us old fucks, we just kind of like <laughs> passed it up when it came out. <laughs> God, I hope so. I just want to see more like Tragedy Girls, like fan stuff. Like, yeah. I want to go on Etsy and not search Tragedy Girls and just get drama kid shit. Yeah, no, I, I think you <laughs> I think you will at some point for sure. So uh, we, we didn't get a lot of comments for these. So just one last comment uh, at Dardar Finch, who's another big supporter of ours. What's up, Darwin? Uh, so he has the opposite comment. So he says, uh, I actually stopped watching this one because I found it very irritating. It seemed like it was trying too hard to be cool. <laughs> so... Here's my thing with Tragedy Girls is that I feel like um, with Tragedy Girls and how they portray the girl characters in there, it's really easy for someone to kind of get annoyed with them off the bat. I don't personally, I don't think it's justified, but everybody has their own opinion. So I'm not shitting on that. But our main characters are in the same vein as like Elle Woods from Legally Blonde and Mm. Jennifer's Body, where you have these girls that on the surface seem a little the, bit more shallow and vapid and stuff like that, which can be sometimes hard. Oh, for it's not on the surface. With. They, these girls are shallow. Oh, I'll <laughs> argue with you. I do not think they are. But. Okay. Well, <laughs> I disagree, but we'll get into that. Um, no, but, but I, but I agree on your premise in that, yes, these girls are very on the surface, as you say, <laughs> though I say it goes deeper uh, on the surface, shallow, vapid. They're, they're very like kind of, whippy whip smart with their dialogue mm-hmm. you know so it's like very just like quick snappy dialogue uh and that you know that again this is a thing that like you know is relatively new honestly in the genre yeah. like since the 2000s is really when this kind of more like snappy dialogue kind of started working its way more into the horror genre you know so i think i think at first glance you watch tragedy girls and here's this film that is kind of one big giant commentary on slashers of old from the 80s mm-hmm. And right off the bat, it begins twisting those things. And you've got Sadie making out with this dude in the car and they hear a strange noise and she's telling him to go investigate it. And he's like, that doesn't seem like a very good idea. And she's like, what are you, a little bitch? You know, and like, I love that she has to bully him. Oh, no. And she does. And she totally bullies him into going out there and calling him a bitch. And it's hilarious, you know, but but there it's it's such a it's such a snappy film like that with, you know, all this commentary just pushed right into it that. You know, between that and the kind of social media flair style of it, mm-hmm. especially when it first came out, I can totally understand watching it and just being like, this isn't for me, you know, <laughs> it's, it, in particular, if you're going in expecting like anything kind of more traditional in the slasher mm-hmm. genre. But I do also say that, you know, and I've already told Darwin this, that I was going to try <laughs> to convince him to give it another chance. Uh, I do also say that with Tragedy Girls, it is a film that I think you give it give it a full watch and if and if you're yep. and if you hate it by the end that's totally fine come back to it in 10 years or something <laughs> but give it a full watch and, and go in with the knowledge that this film is trying to twist every goddamn trope on its head so, yeah. <laughs> like it is not in any way meant to be like a traditional slasher it's it's if anything kind of a slap in the face to, <laughs> to the, not not a slap yeah. in the face I mean kind of though it's 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 more making fun of slashers of old than it is a little than bit. it is holding them up in reverence right so oh so uh, say we're not going to agree on a lot this episode <laughs> we're really not but I can already say that I think you're going to be wrong um so, <laughs> uh but anyway so uh thank you Martin and Darn for the comments really appreciate it 
So we also, before we do our spoiler stuff, like to get into the tagline versus the movie, get our thoughts on the film overall. So the tagline for Tragedy Girls was, Friends who slay together, stay together. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think of the tagline, and what do you think of Tragedy Girls overall? Honestly, I think half the reason why I laugh at the taglines is because of how you say them. Fair it enough. makes me giggle every time. Oh, no, I I think this is a good tagline for for this movie, just because it's a little bit that more like hip dialogue that's very reflective of the movie, and it's all about friendship. It's the power of friendship to murder people. Personally, I I fucking love this movie. Like this is definitely like one of my favorite slashers because. I think that, you know, it is a new genre of slasher. It's trying to do its own thing and not be too beholden to, like, you know, the giants of the past while still respecting, you know, what came before them. I do think there's a part of it that's a love letter to old slashers because we get so many references and stuff. I know we're going to argue about (laughs) this, and I'm okay with that. No, no, no. Uh, uh, We are, and I can't talk about your explorer stuff, but... Uh, well, first of all, I'll just make a small correction. It's not a new type of slasher film. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I would honestly say that it's more in the vein of Scream. Like ever since Scream came out, we get movies like this that are commentaries on the genre. See, so, but that's what I like about this is that I agree with you that it's a commentary on the genre, but it's not that like overt tongue in cheek like we get with Scream and like Cabin in the Woods. Do we watch the same movie? Tragedy Girls is one hundred percent tongue in cheek. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So no, with with Tragedy Girls, like I mean, first of all, yes, I like the tagline. Uh, it is it is smart and clever, and you know, it, it absolutely touches on the theme of the movie, which is ultimately friendship. You know, this is this is a film that's about Sadie and Michaela and their and their relationship. So so I definitely like the tagline and the film overall. You know, I will admit, the first time I saw Tragedy Girls, I was lukewarm on it. I liked it, <laughs> but I wasn't in love with it. You know, and. It, now that it's been a few years and now that there are no expectations, which I, again, recommend everybody do this, like films that you don't like or or weren't thrilled about, I always recommend trying to go back to revisit it because your your feelings on these things change over time. But but I, in revisiting it, I've actually like grown to really like this movie because, you know, once you kind of get the initial Band-Aid ripped off and you start kind of looking at what the film's doing and appreciate it for what it's doing... You know, Tragedy Girls is actually a really smart film. Yeah. And and the characters are just so well written. Like, I absolutely love Sadie and Michaela. Like, I could watch these two in, like, a thousand movies, you know? So- I just want them to have a franchise. <laughs> uh, hopefully someday. But, but no, I think it's a great film. It's really smart. Uh, it does a lot of clever things in talking about the genre. And it's just also super gory at times with some great yes. kills. Yes. Uh, which I don't think it really gets the credit it deserves there as well. Because there are some amazing kills in this movie. Uh, which should hopefully be a selling point for anyone who hasn't seen it or, you know, wants to give it a second chance. But uh, so anyway, we're going to get into our sports territory now. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and spoil Tragedy Girls for you. Currently, Tragedy Girls should be streaming on Hulu in the U.S. So if you have that, go check it out there. Otherwise, just try to give the film a watch if you can before listening to the rest of this because we are going to spoil it for you. So (laughs) anyway, we'll be back in one second. If you've been enjoying Killer Horror Critic, Please make sure to head to iTunes and leave a review and rating, as this helps the show get noticed by others and would be a huge favor to me. Also make sure to check out my Patreon, where you can receive access to exclusive content, such as bonus questions for each episode, extra episodes, and more. 
To find out details, visit www.patreon.com slash killerhorrorcritic. Thank you so much for your support, and I hope you enjoy tonight's episode. All right, and we're back here talking about the 2017 film Tragedy Girls from uh, uh, director Tyler McIntyre and writers McIntyre and Chris Lee Hill. So, uh, again, we are going to be spoiling this film now, so if you haven't seen it, it is streaming on Hulu in the U.S., so go check it out there. Otherwise, be prepared to have this movie ruined for you. So, <laughs> uh, so as usual, just want to start off with talking about who you want to talk about. You know, we've got uh, Michaela, played by Alexander Ship, Sadie, played by Brianna Hildebrand, Sadie's kind of pseudo love interest, Jordan, played by Jack Quaid, the Jason Voorhees type killer, Lowell, played by Kevin Durant. Who, who do you want to talk about in Tragedy Girls? Uh, so I have to talk about my girl, Michaela, because she is the best part of this movie. <laughs> Um, I, I would not disagree with that. Yeah, <laughs> she's she, pretty great. She's fantastic. I, uh, Michaela's my favorite out of the girls because she's really like the heart of the duo. Because like, okay, you've got two girls, best friends since forever, who want to murder people together. And on the one hand, you've got Sadie, who's the brains, but Michaela, like, that's your girl that you want in your corner. Like, that's the girl you want as your best friend because she is so fucking loyal and like down to fuck shit up like we constantly see throughout this movie how she is willing to like do anything for sadie look i just think that that's really awesome and i just love her throughout the film because she out of the two of them has the appearance of being like the most shallow i think because she is the meanest of the two like, I get life anytime she has to talk to an adult in the film or anybody who's not Sadie because she's just the meanest person I've ever seen. Well, look, and I the, love her. Well, look, the thing with Michaela, <laughs> she doesn't take any shit, you know? Nope. And, and Michaela to me is kind of the. She's the one between the two of them who, right off the bat, gives you the impression that, the, that these girls mean business, you know? Yeah. Because we, we open with Sadie, and we open with Sadie as kind of like. You know, b- both of them end up playing this role of kind of the the trap, <laughs> you yeah. know, the 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 kill bait, I'll call them. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we open with Sadie, but it's and, and we see Sadie, you know, helping to kill this dude that you know has been attacked by by uh, Lowell. But it's really Michaela who's the first one, I think, to kind of snap, and mm. you know, she. I, I could be misremembering events, but I, I think that she's the one who, as they're tasing Lowell and he, like, snaps back at them, she's the first one to be like, I don't remember her exact words, but it, all in all, it's essentially, like, motherfucker, we fucking <laughs> own you right now, you know? And, like, yeah. and, like, we are in control, not you, you know, so shut the fuck up. Or, I don't know, it, it's something along those lines. Like, basically, she's all kind of bubbly and sunshine and rainbows for a moment Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like oh shit no this this girl um will will murder you (laughs) oh no she will absolutely snap and it's it's what i really like about michaela because out of the two of them i feel like michaela weirdly is more comfortable with herself she knows Mm. who she is you know high school it's all that time we were trying to figure out like what exactly do you want who do you want to be all of that kind of stuff and while I think throughout the movie, Sadie's still trying to figure it out and come to terms with it, I think Michaela really is like, nope, I want to be a spree killer. I want to murder people. Like, I want to mm. do it with my best friend, and I'm not going to let anything get in my way. Having said that, out of all the targets that they killed, Michaela doesn't choose any of them. It's always Sadie choosing who they're going to end up killing because she's annoyed with somebody. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Lowell... 
all in all ends up being right in the end is that it is Sadie that's kind of bossing her around with everything. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, you know, but that, but that's why they, to me, make a good duo because, you know, they they balance each other out where it's like Michaela is the one who, if it wasn't for Sadie, might just be running around murdering everybody <laughs> she could. And, and Sadie is the one who's like trying to kind of think it through a bit. Yes. But that being said, you know, Michaela's also the one who's got it in her to do this mm-hmm. and, and is probably helping to push Sadie along as well. So so they work off they work off each other in that in that way. You know, they they push each other, uh, which is what you need, and they do have such different personalities, while at the same time also kind of being the same person. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious with their friendship because the first person that, you know, they end up killing is Mrs. Welsh when they're kids. I'm really curious with that who who thought of it first? Well, I mean, I think they make it pretty clear that it's like Sadie's Sadie kind of does idea. it. Yeah, Sadie's the one who commits it. But well, I, I think it's Sadie because I mean, this is jumping way <laughs> ahead, but I think it's Sadie because Michaela is the one who says that she had that she was the one struggling to come to terms with that, mm-hmm. and Sadie was just like, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> and, and and that is the difference between them too is that Sadie is the more cold, calculated one. But no, yeah, but no, they're a good duo. Who, who I want to talk about is uh, Jordan played by Jack Wade. And the reason is, is I just, his character is really funny to me because, <laughs> you know, this, <laughs> so watch this movie closely because, you know, listening to the commentary on this, uh, one of, I, I want to say that it was Chris Lee Hill that makes this point. It might've been Tyler, but one of them makes the point that, uh, that Jordan is this character who's kind of, playing it like he's in the movie can't hardly wait or some Mm -hmm. other like teen comedy like that yeah and he doesn't realize that he's in like the texas chainsaw massacre you know dumb bitch and it's really funny like once you take that and kind of watch this film and his character just makes so much more sense Mm -hmm. if you view him in that way because you know to me he does end up kind of representing your honestly like average teenage dude where it's like you know, there there are so many men in their teenage years where they become, and look, I can say this as a man, <laughs> you know, where it's like there are a lot of men in high school that you become obsessed with the idea of a woman that uh-huh. you have, but not the woman herself, right? Yeah. And and you just, you see that frequently all the time. Like, I, I've mentioned a friend on here before, I, I won't name her for her sake, but, you know, I, I have a friend who I've mentioned before here where literally, like, every guy she dated after two weeks would be saying stuff like they're in love with her, they want to marry her or something like that. <laughs> and, and she would always be like, you don't even know me. You know? don't fucking and, know her. And, and, that is, and that is the case, like, especially in high school. You know, it's like, we're, I don't know what it is about those teenage years, but it's like, you know, people just think that you have one good date and all of a sudden you're like supposed to marry each other, you know? And so anyway, so, ja- or, so Jordan is, he's, he's representative of that kind of guy, like, like the sweet nice dude who there's not there's not necessarily anything wrong with him mm-hmm. but he doesn't also understand like love and women you know no. and he, and he he just he thinks he understands it to the degree where he's able to look over very obvious like signs signs <laughs> that something's <laughs> off you know oh. with with uh with Sadie and like one of my favorite examples is and I want to preface this with this doesn't mean anything's wrong with you I also love the movie Martyrs but there's a scene where uh, where he's giving Sadie back her copy of Martyrs, which, if you've never seen it, is this extremely gruesome, dark French movie that that is 
not something you typically want to have be the first thing that you watch with someone yeah. or give to them to say, get to know me by this, you know, like it's usually not that movie, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the one you wait until like date three and then you're like, okay, so here's the, the stuff I'm into, you know? Yeah. Um, and anyway, he just like, he hands it back to her and she's like, oh yeah, it was kick ass. Right. And he's like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> like he is completely ignoring that this is the film that she gave him to like, get to know you're, her really you're right you know and and he just like everything that she does it's almost like he has this he's got blinders well he's got blinders he's got this idea in his head that she's like some kind of you know barbie uh fan like 16 year old fangirl loves sunshine and rainbows <laughs> like i don't know he's got she, like this she's very, horror barbie he's got he just has this idea of her like she is you know <sighs> every every like teenage crush in in teen movies like can't hardly wait right like the the perfect girl next door you know and there's nothing wrong with her and she's she's all together and you know she's sweet and nice and innocent like he's got got all these ideas in her head of her and they're so they're they're clogging up his brain so much that he just can't <laughs> he can't face the reality that that is not at all who Sadie is but he has you know marked her as like <laughs> that person that's going to be the love of his life yeah uh either because he can't find anybody else or because he's just decided nope you're the one and i'm just not even gonna pay attention to who you really are i know i think you hit the nail on the head with he's he's the teen romance boy he's the awkward nerd who like really likes the the cool alternative popular girl and somehow has deluded himself into thinking that he's won her over um, when she does routinely give him opportunities to, like, get to know who she is and her interests. Like, talking about the horror films. Like, there's the moment where they're looking at crime scene footage. And she's really into looking at it. And he's just like, well, you know, we, we can turn this off. We don't, we don't have to look at this anymore. And she's just like, no, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Fuck you. Yeah, well, and I like that moment, too, because it, 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 that moment strikes home at me. I don't know about you, but that, mm-hmm. that strikes home for me as, like, it, an average awkward thing that teenagers go through now. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you know, I, I didn't go through this as a teenager because YouTube wasn't, like, a thing when I was a teenager. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it eventually became that. And, uh, you know, I remember... This girl coming over to my place uh, when I was still living with my dad. I think I was like eight, nineteen or something. Um, I remember her coming over and us just watching like hours of YouTube videos, <laughs> you know. And there's like that awkward pause of like, at which point during this weird llama cartoon do I <laughs> do I make my move? You know, I get that sense that that's what's going on in Jordan's head in this moment. Is like, you know, at what point do I make a move as we look at these? mutilated <laughs> bodies on screen blood but, splatter but that also but that also touches on like how you know teenage boys are just so you know just not thinking about the moment or or the atmosphere of the situation when when all they really are thinking about is making a move or sex yep. or whatever because it's like i mean let me just throw it out there like you know whatever your sex is what if you are with somebody i don't care who they are you know Making a move while looking at mutilated corpses, like, from real life, you know, and not just a horror movie. I don't know. A little awkward. Not not my choice for yeah. <laughs> for when I would try that. <laughs> a little bit of a red flag, maybe. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's like watching the news and there's, like, a, you know, school bus crash and, like, 40 kids are dead and their bodies are splayed all over the highway. And you turn to the whoever you're with and you're like, 
So what'd you do? <laughs> you know, like you want to go to the bedroom? Yeah, maybe not the right time. So anyway, so speaking on these guys, like you know, there there does end up being kind of a pseudo jealousy going on here between the girls and and the guys that they're interested in. So like, or, or maybe interest is the wrong word, but you know, Sadie has her relationship with Jordan. Uh, Michaela never has like a succinct relationship, but she. She kind of, you know, is hanging out with Lowell a little bit, but then there's also the the Toby guy that shows up that that Sadie hates. So, so what are your thoughts on, you know, the fact that uh, these girls kind of are getting jealous over boys between each other, and that that's, you know, affecting their relationship in any way? Honestly, I have mixed feelings on it because, like, for the most part, I don't, I don't love the fact that Sadie hates Toby and Michaela hates Jordan. Like, because for the sole reason that it hits very much close to home with that, like, girls can't be supportive of their their person's significant other. The fact that they're kind of fighting over, like, a boy and neither of the girls will let anybody else come close to them. I don't know. It's, I don't particularly love it, but I get the fact that it's there because it's there for, like, conflict and building tension and, like, ostensibly like putting a wedge between the girls a little bit like it's a thing for me that I also feel like how the girls react to the boys in their life and what the other one's asking them dictates their friendship so for example like with Michaela and Sadie and Toby Toby is Michaela's ex-boyfriend she's clearly still kind of in love with him and Sadie feels like he's being a distraction and she can't focus and all that kind of stuff and Sadie being Sadie is pissed and goes, fuck it, we need to kill him. And Michaela's sad for a second, but she does it. She goes, they go, and they, like, run him off the road, and Michaela helps stab him and also makes out with him as he's dying, which is kind of weird. But Michaela steps up because her friend asks her to do something, so she does it. Whereas, like, mm. they then have the moment where Michaela's saying the exact same thing to Sadie. Like, we have to kill Jordan. He's a distraction. He's making you soft. He, you know, he stole my phone. That's a big problem for us. And Sadie is just kind of like, no, no, he wouldn't do that. Like, Sadie's not willing to do the same thing for Michaela. She's not willing to, like, make the same sacrifices for their friendship that Michaela is. And so, like, I feel like the boys play a big part into showing exactly where the girls' allegiances are. Michaela is always to Sadie, and Sadie is always to herself. See, I disagree again. Like, really? I, yeah, it's kind of amazing how differently we see this movie. So, so like, look, I mean, at first I was put off by the fact that, you know, that they're experiencing this jealousy between each other over these guys, because that... But then, but then you start to realize, like, that that's actually the point, is mm -hmm. that, you know, the movie is trying to make this point on, like, it's not just attacking slasher tropes, it's attacking tropes in general. It's attacking, mm -hmm. it's attacking, like, you know, high school drama tropes, right? And, and one of those is always, like, the boy that comes between the girls or whatever, mm -hmm. um, and, and these romances. And, you know, what I like about Tragedy Girls is that, you know, you could very easily have had it be that these men come between these women and then they actually end up like fighting each other in the end with possibly one or both of them dying. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you could have very easily gone that route. And instead, you know, the filmmakers just have it very easily be just something that's thrown over their shoulders and pushed aside. And like, 
nope, yeah, no, I, we're still best friends. <laughs> I, I miss you so badly, you know? Like, like they, they so quickly toss both uh, Jordan and Lowell to the side for each other, right? Yeah. And so, so that's why, in one sense, I, I automatically disagree that Sadie's all about herself. Mm-hmm. I think that Sadie definitely is the more stubborn of the two and, and isn't ready to, you know, like, she... She's a little more hot-headed, so she gets more frustrated with Michaela initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Michaela also takes it super far too, and you know, almost attempts to kill Sadie. So like, I mean, does or, she though? But but the point I'm trying to make is that they, you know, ultimately I think that it actually it actually puts the emphasis on how strong their relationship is mm-hmm. because they there's not even a second thought about them having an allegiance to these men. You know, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so by having that and having them come together in the end, I think it actually solidifies the friendship even further. And so I'm, so I'm glad that it's in there, you know, cause I think at first it's, you know, at first, like you, you're put off by it because you're worried, like how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that it does ultimately play out, it's like, oh, these guys were never a big deal at all. You know, like yeah. these girls care way more for each other than they ever did anybody else. But then on top of that, I also think that, you know, you could also, and look, you know, the, this isn't quite there. Like this kind of has to be like your personal read of it. But I think that there's room to read this too as a bit of a queer love story, you know, mm-hmm. um, where like, again, I don't think either girl's gay, but they could be, they could both be bi, you know? Um, but there, but I think you can read it as a queer love story in the sense that, you know, maybe part of the reason they're jealous is they're actually in love with each other. Yeah. So, <laughs> You know, and and that's why I really like, like, even though it's a small thing and even though it can be read as they're just friends, that's why I really like, too, like, once they do kill Lowell and Jordan, you know, they have this nice close-up of them, like, taking their hands and holding hands, and they're mm-hmm. both in their prom dresses, you know, and wearing these masks mm-hmm. together. And it to me, it makes me feel like they're whole in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, there could be a relationship between them. And then especially with the way the film ends and they're driving off together, you know, it's like, okay, they have a life together now, you know? So, so I sort of view it in that sense of in, in a lot of ways, tragedy girls is a coming of age love story, but it's not a love story between Sadie and Jordan (laughs) or Michaela and anybody else. It's a coming of age love story between Sadie and Michaela learning to accept their feelings for each other Mm -hmm. and you know, and, and realizing that this interest in boys is really nothing really more than that. It's just an interest. They yeah. they don't actually and ultimately care. Yeah, so. I can definitely, you know, agree with agree with some of that. I do agree with you that the end is really strong. I do really like that end moment where Michaela's doing her one last play of like we're meant to be doing all of this together. That's why I don't think Michaela ever had any intention to like even attempt to kill Sadie. That mm. was never a thing. She was ostensibly, in in my opinion, just trying to bring Sadie back to the fold and make her realize, you know, what was going on. Um, but yeah, that ending where they forsake everything else and the way that they hold hands is a very like cross linked kind of way that does seem more romantic than like friendshipy. So I want a sequel. I want to know, like, are they actually officially together now or not? Yeah, so anyway, you know, so it kind of, I, I really like the film in the way that it toys with these tropes of, like, the old, you know, high school teen comedy drama, whatever. Uh, but it also, what's really great about Tragedy Girls and what I think throws a lot of people off at first is how much of a commentary it really is on the slasher genre itself. You know, because this film takes a lot of 
uh, a lot of old tropes from these 80s films and does kind of a mix of like twisting them on their heads but also showing some ad- admiration for them you know so like as as far as uh just kind of like nice fun homages in the film you know we get we get instances of you know the the machete to the face as, as the first kill which is a reference to Tom Savini and how you know he kind of had like a plethora of these sort of machete to the head kind of kills in in his movies we've got you know there's there's the cannibal holocaust kill with this woman that is put on a pole going through her which you know that that's a pretty ballsy one cuz like that's a kill that that's a kill that a lot of people remember from Cannibal Holocaust, mm-hmm. but that also got the film in deep shit because the <laughs> film was, you know, that's one of the early quote unquote found footage movies. And, you know, with that film, that kill ended up looking so realistic that like those filmmakers actually got called in the court to prove that that woman was still, still alive. alive. Um, you know, so like, so that's a really ballsy one. Cause that's a pretty intense kill to have this, you know, rod going <laughs> straight through this woman's asshole up and out of her mouth. Right. Like it's pretty intense. Um, but they've got that. There, there's a house that ends up getting smashed that's uh, a replica of the Michael Myers house, you know? So they, they reference a lot of these really fun things like that. But then at the same time, they're they're really more, I think, poking fun at the horror genre than they are embracing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the reason I say that is because, you know, take, take Scream, for example. Scream is less poking fun at the horror genre and more you know, kind of embracing the tropes of it and using that to twist them against the audience to where the audience is not expecting what's going to happen, right? Uh-huh. You know, for example, being like, you know, it, it was traditionally always one killer and then Scream comes out with here's two killers, right? Yeah. You know, and that was a twist of the audience because you just hadn't seen that very often and the film's kind of toying with slasher tropes in that way. And ultimately, Scream's not a comedy, you know? It's much more about the horror, and I would say Tragedy Girls is much more about the comedy. Uh-huh. And and with Tragedy Girls, why I say that it's kind of poking fun at these old slashers is that it, it's twisting a lot of things on their head and making and making the traditional slashers kind of look ridiculous. So, <laughs> you know, so like, I mean, right off the bat with, with Sadie, you know, calling the dude a bitch for not going out inside and investigating, mm-hmm. you know, she's kind of poking fun at like how the dude always does end up going out and investigating. Yeah. And she's sort of poking fun at like how, you know, how that would always happen in these movies, but twisting it in a different way where it used to be that, you know, the woman would be kind of like fearful and complaining. And in this case, Edie's more like excited <laughs> about him going out and investigating. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it does other things too, where it's like, Lowell is very much a traditional slasher villain right down to the point that he shows up every time characters are having sex or about to get it on. You know, he shows up in the beginning with the makeout scene. Mm -hmm. He shows up later on when, when uh, Sadie's in the bedroom with Jordan and they're about to like start making out or whatever. And he, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, Michaela sees him coming up the stairs. Well, yeah, in the in the prom scene, like right before him and Michaela show up, you've got two teens making out outside. I get how it can seem like it's poking fun, but I don't think Tragedy Girls is poking fun at the slasher genre. I think that Tragedy Girls is a little bit more of a love letter to the sh- to the slasher genre. Like, and for me, the reason why I think that is because you have that opener, and the first time that you get Sadie and Michaela interacting with Lowell, they're very much like, "Look, we want you to be our mentor. We want you to be our trainer. We want to learn from you and grow from you." And then Lowell immediately just starts threatening them. And I feel like it's this thing that Tragedy Girls is in this category of 
you know, newer slasher films that they want to pay homage to the big giants like the Friday the 13th, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw. But it's hard to do that without, you know, some of the fan base or critics or anything like that without them saying like, oh, you're just ripping off these things. No, but this is my point. Like, it's not I'm not saying that they're making fun of it like Mm. they don't like the slasher Uh genre. I'm saying they're making fun of it in that they are poking fun at the old movies. Like yeah. they're they're in this movie is in no way saying that the things that the old slashers did are not ridiculous by today's standards. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is like you know like because there are other films that embrace those tropes mm-hmm. and and use them to have. I, honestly, I don't know how to explain the difference if you don't view it that way. Like mm-hmm. it's there. There's a difference though because mm-hmm. on Tragedy Girls End, it's it's really directly poking fun at the tropes Mm -hmm. in like kind of a wink wink sort of way you know like it's practically like winking at the audience as it's doing it and there are other films that use those tropes to kind of twist them against us and and build expectations but then kind of attack those expectations Mm -hmm. and i just don't view tragedy girls in the same category tragedy girls is making fun of these and i don't i i don't see how it plays any other way than that when you have uh, when you have Michaela and Sadie both constantly making fun of Lowell <laughs> and and how he's boring. Yeah. You know, and that's what I mean is like, it's not, that is not a nice <laughs> commentary on the old slashers. Like they're making fun of Lowell for being boring. They're making fun mm. of him for being this, you know, this big hulking quiet guy who who's so predictable and they know exactly what he's going to do. And they're making fun of him for it, and they're calling him boring. They're calling mm-hmm. him old. They're making fun of him every time he talks to them, right? You know, and so they're, and, and that's not that's not a fault of the movie, you yeah. know, and because it's doing it in a clever way where it's kind of trying to establish like here's this new generation of mm-hmm. of killers, you know, that aren't these like unstoppable big hulking, big hulking dudes, you know. And here yeah. we got two teenage girls who you wouldn't expect to be able to do the damage they do, but they do, you know. Yeah. So it's like. So it's not a bad thing that the film's doing it, but mm. I would argue I will die on the hill <laughs> that it is making fun of these old movies while at the same time homaging them. <laughs> Fair enough. I I see your point. I'm kind of curious with it though because like I see it as also make a commentary on female killers. Mm. Um for the sole reason that like you know, Sadie and Michaela are trying so hard to like get recognition for what they're doing and their first 3 kills like nobody attributes to them and they're so frustrated that like they have to go bigger and more over the top like when they're slicing up the other high school student and just throwing her body parts they're like fuck it nobody can say it was an accident this time yeah again which is why i'm saying what i'm saying because mm. the film like look the film the film plays less like a love letter and more like a frustration yeah it's more of a frustration with the horror genre now again, I'm not saying that as in as a, as in accusing the filmmakers of not liking the horror genre. They do. I've listened to the commentary. They yeah. love it. The references all throughout this movie. They clearly love the genre. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that there's a frustration inherent in the film for how it views the slasher genre because of exactly what you're saying. Because you're right. Like you know, we're finally getting to the crux of what I think is really great about this movie. You know, only 50 minutes in. Um, <laughs> but so so Darwin, if you're still listening, you know, this is the part that. <laughs> This is the part where I really think the film stands out in is that Tragedy Girls to me plays like, you know, it's a commentary on the horror genre, but it's more specifically a commentary 
on the trouble that female slashers have in getting their own franchise or even really getting recognition period Mm -hmm. and and that's playing all throughout the film because you're right they're they're not getting recognition for the first few kills no you know they're being treated like accidents and they have to work (laughs) much harder to even get those kills than than lowell does you know lowell Well, well, maybe not than Lowell does, but like your traditional slasher killer, you know, he has a pretty easy time with dispatching his villains. Yeah. Meanwhile, these two girls, they're having to like kill him again and again because they're just not dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're not getting recognition for it. The the social media ends up kind of being a reflection for their popularity and for their franchise potential. You know, it's why, like, like the whole thing with uh, with Sadie mentioning that they need a horror icon to build their horror icon status mm-hmm. it's a very interesting choice of words right because yeah. it's not it doesn't play in in the wheel in the real world you know no. like she <laughs> like she she seems to be specifically having some kind of meta reference to this itself being a horror film mm-hmm. rather than just being popular killers you know yeah. like she's not she's not talking about wanting to be like you know ed gein or something or somebody like that she's talking about wanting like horror movie villain status yeah she wants michael myers status she wants jason Voorhees status right so it plays like these girls trying to get that status and at the same time you know there's sort of like a interesting kind of thing going on with the fact that they feel that they need lowell in order to kind of bump them up to that status and they need his training because look at you know look at some of the more popular female villain killers in horror you know, Tiffany from Bride of Chucky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she never gets, she will probably never have a movie where she's by herself. She only gets to be in a movie if Chucky's there. Right. And she probably won't. And that, you know, so they're they're kind of pointing out the fact that, you know, women have to work harder mm-hmm. to get the attention. They, and, and it seems that society is always kind of like forcing them to have a male counterpart. <laughs> right. In order to get them to that like high level icon status. Because I mean, let's just be honest. There are no female slashers that are that are on that same level in recognition as Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees or someone like that, right? You have you have really great female horror villains out there, and, and some of them aren't even what I would call a villain like Carrie mm-hmm. or or Mary Lou, who we talked about earlier, or Tiffany from Bride of Chucky and, and later Chucky films. But but there are there is no. There is no Michael Myers equivalent of a female slasher that has like eight films. Yeah. You know, there's just no equivalent for that, period. No. Well, that's why I'm really glad that like their big final kill of the movie is not doing a traditional slasher kill or anything that would normally have like a male killer. They're recreating Carrie. They're recreating like, you know, one of the baddest bitches in horror. And I love the fact that that's their final kill is an homage to one of the great female killers in, in horror. A night to remember. Um, (laughs) But you know, but they're, but they're doing that. And I, I just, I do really love the commentary on how these two girls just have to work so much harder to get the attention, you know? Cause again, like think about it this way. Lowell already has the attention just from going out there and killing a few people. I Mm -hmm. I say just as if that's not a big deal. (laughs) He, he already has that attention from going out and killing a few people, right? Meanwhile, these girls have been killing every goddamn pet in town, it feels like. And, and Nobody have, notices. And, and they have a few murders under their belt as well. Zero attention. They have nothing. So they're, so they're putting all of this work into social media because, mm. you know, in their minds, that's become like the only outlet for how they're ever going to get attention otherwise, you know? And, and it's like so frustrating for them 
because Lowell's just this big dumb killer <laughs> who has no greater plan, no nothing. <laughs> he's yeah, just he big... just he just stalks people making out. Right, just a big dumb moron and very simple and, and predictable <laughs> and all that. And here they are doing all this clever shit and just nobody's noticing, you know. So like, so it really is just one. Ultimately, just one big commentary on like the struggle of women in the horror genre to get that same level of recognition, yes. right? So, <laughs> so that is something I really love about it. Social media is such like an integral part of this film because we were watching this entire time and the girls are obsessed with it. They even have a specific number that they want to hit before they do their big like prom finale. So for you, what do you think the film is trying to say about social media? Yeah, so I mean, look, you know, this is the other really interesting thing going on here in this film is again, this... Tragic Girls is coming out at a time where, you know, social media really was starting to become prevalent. And look, I know I sound like a fucking old person <laughs> talking about it this way, but it's like, you know, I didn't give, I didn't give a fuck about Twitter until, I don't know, three years ago, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And and even when I had a Facebook account, like, you know, it's, I've never I've never been a big social media person. Yeah. I know, I know that if you grew up with it, obviously that's like all teenagers do is fucking social media. Mm-hmm. Um... But but in my mind, it hasn't really had like a huge impact on our culture until like the last eight years or so, right? So mm-hmm. so Tragedy Girls is kind of one of these films that's really picking up on the way that social media kind of interacts with us growing up and the way that we view the world. And so something that I really love about what this film is doing with it is how <laughs> is how the comedy plays in reflecting the way in which everybody kind of reflects their social media account. Okay. Right? So so we already talked about like how there's this kind of vapidness that goes into almost all the characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I especially love how you see it in that character, Toby, who plays <laughs> the traditional social media account of just like, the cute dude who says a whole lot of nothing all the time, but people still follow him anyway because he's got 14,000 followers or whatever. Fucking hate Toby. Everybody should hate Toby. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but it's like they can't have a conversation with him without mm-hmm. him talking like his social media account, right? Yeah. And he even makes a reference to them of like, in the third person, no, no less, uh, of, you know, well, I don't know if Toby can give you a shout out. That's not really Toby's brand, you know? And... <laughs> So, you know, this was kind of like an early introduction of like the brand, the social media brand, right? Yeah. Like we like that, like that's a relatively new thing too, is us talking about social media brands in that way and, and how, and how we started to view ourselves as a brand, right? So mm-hmm. like, you know, like Killer Horror Creek is a brand, unfortunately, I hate fucking referring to it <laughs> that way, but that's ultimately that's what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, so we all kind of have that. And so this movie is sort of touching on two things at once with the social media thing, and that it's, you know, it's sort of talking about horror films as a brand mm-hmm. and how these two girls are reflective of a certain type of horror film, a certain type of brand. But then it's also talking about the new versus the old. You have this reporter played by Mary Carmen Lopez named Trish, who represents kind of like the old media. You know, she's like mm-hmm. this traditional Gale Weathers type newscaster, you know, mm-hmm. showing up to report on the crimes. And the first time she meets the girls, she wants nothing to do with them and just kind of tosses them to the, to the side. Yeah. And then once they do gain a social media profile, now all of a sudden she, you know, she's practically sucking up to them and wanting to be a part of whatever they do. And so it's sort, you know, so the movie's also kind of reflecting on 
the changing of the guard and how, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, like the old lady slashers, as much as we love them, mm-hmm. they're old hat at this point, right? Like yes. you can't, <laughs> it's really hard to do Friday the 13th without just feeling like Friday the 13th, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to do that now. So, so this film is kind of reflecting like how, how the changing of the guard has kind of happened to where these old films are old hat, you know, mm-hmm. Loman or Lemon is old hat, right? Yep. Like he, he's, he's boring, you know, in, in comparison at this mm-hmm. point. So, um, so it's just really fun to kind of see like how, how social media ends up being reflective of both the changing of the guard and the fact that these girls are working so hard to get their brand and their image up. Right. It's all about that image and how they need that status. Yeah. Well, that's the thing for me. Like, where I see the the new versus the old is um, in how the girls are presented depending on who they're talking to. So, like, when you're watching this film, all of the adults think that our two girls, Sadie and Michaela, are kind of these shallow, narcissistic girls, which I don't think that they are. But you see that type of personality much more prevalent when they're talking with the sheriff and teachers, people who have already written them off as those type of people. That's when we see Sadie and Michaela at their most like vapid, vindictive, like you have the line where the sheriff tells Sadie to tur- stop checking in all the time. And she responds with, I would rather die. Yeah. So how do you not see that they're narcissistic and vapid? <laughs> because when they're not in front of people who already judge them like that when we're just getting the two girls talking to each other when we get the girls talking with jordan we see a more serious side of them i feel like like the amount of work that sadie and michaela do i think should prove that they're not shallow vapid people they killed so many pets to perfect to perfect their lives. That doesn't mean you're not narcissistic because not, you work hard. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're not narcissistic. I'm just saying they're not shallow and vapid. You oh. included narcissism in that. Oh, okay, look, no, look, the point of the matter is, like, they, whatever you say, <laughs> they're still all about their social media accounts. Like, the, mo- the movie itself is commenting on the fact, too, that we have kind of reached a point mm. in society where... We're a little more shallow and a little more vapid and a little more all about ourselves. Like, I mean, <laughs> I would make the argument, though, that they're more true to life with real-life killers. Look, the Zodiac killer fucking sent letters to the paper. There's yes, the whole... and, and real-life serial killers were all pretty narcissistic. I mean, <laughs> yes, they are, but that's... I view they, this... weren't, they weren't, like, kind, <laughs> empathetic people. I'm not saying they're kind or empathetic, but I view their use of social media the same way that, like, killers in real life would use it, where you go back to the scene of the crime and all that kind of stuff they're just they're hyping their brain they have to nobody else is nobody else is helping them break that glass i mean that's true but there's also (laughs) nobody else telling them that they would rather die than check in their status of where they're at so (laughs) you know so i'm sorry i'm just i'm not gonna listen to the argument that they're not a little bit shallow and narcissistic because they totally are (laughs) because they only care about themselves and each other so (laughs) i mean mean, for god's sake (laughs) Yes, it's most killers. We're not defending killers here. We're trying we're trying to point out the difference and that these girls are like killers because they're so fucking detached from I mean, real life. Okay, fine. I just love them so much. I mean I love them too, but I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like they're not awful people. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty terrible. But no, and I also just want to throw in one last thing because I thought it was kind of funny, uh listening to on the commentary is just the directors mentioning how <laughs> How that scene where they're playing uh, the funeral stuff for uh-huh. for one of the characters, they, they kind of made a mention on how it's pretty, 
goofy and kind of depressing the fact that imagine your funeral like 20 mm-hmm. years from now or whatever whatever amount of time in that you know it used to be that our pictures were like i don't know pictures with friends and family but they were like taken from afar and and whatever you know like yeah. <laughs> but now it's just like all like selfie pictures you know like we all just have a bunch of selfies on our profiles and facebook and stuff like that and so they're just making the depressing points about yep. like at your funeral, it's probably going to be a bunch of selfie pictures of you being played. So. <laughs> yeah, I want my funeral to be a fucking rave. That's all I want. Yeah, well, we're going to rave while looking at dumbass pictures of yourself. So Perfect. <laughs> uh, all right, so we got to start wrapping up on Tragedy Girls. So who's your killer idiot? Dude, Sheriff Welch. He just, he's just a terrible sheriff. I am. He, look, he's my killer idiot because, A, from the flashback that we see of how like his wife died... There would have been ligature marks. He should have known that she was murdered. He should be picking up on the fact that, like, hundreds of animals are missing. And also, when Sadie's being attacked upstairs by Lemon, the only reason why he wakes up is because Michaela throws a fucking brick through his porch. And he's just like, do-do-do, nope, everything's fine. Like, he's just, he's not a smart man. Mm. Not a smart man. Uh, he's pretty dumb. I, I don't know that there's any bigger idiot than Toby in this movie, though. Like, <laughs> I mean, Toby is a social media profile, so yeah. I don't know. Toby <laughs> is the worst. So I, I'm pretty sure he's the dumbest. Uh, what about your killer death in Tragedy Girls? I mean, obviously that has to go to Big Al. Because Big Al getting killed in the gym with the, um, you know, the weight bar coming down and smashing part of his skull off right before he lets out a high-pitched scream is just so perfect. Yeah, Big Al played by Craig Robinson, who a lot of you might know is Daryl from The Office, or <laughs> as well as a bunch of movies. Um, no, yeah, and look, Craig Robinson is uh, there. There are very few people that are as good as him at having these high pitched screams coming out of a big dude like that. So, <laughs> uh, so no, that's also mine. I thought it was a great kill, but honestly, most of the kills in this film are pretty fantastic. Yeah. What about your killer MVP of Tragedy Girls? Can it just be everything? No. Come on. Everything about this movie is great. Fine. My killer MVP for this is actually going to go to the soundtrack because this is the only horror soundtrack that I own. And I think it's amazing. Okay. I'm surprised it didn't go to Alexandra Ship as Michaela because that's who I'm picking. Because <laughs> she's amazing. Well, she is amazing, but I also view her as kind of like the heart of the film a yeah. little bit. I mean, she doesn't have a heart necessarily, <laughs> but she... I think her she, heart pumps extra hard. Sure. <laughs> um, I, You're very sympathetic towards murderous, cold-blooded killers. Um, No, but, I, but I, I say that she's the heart of the film in the sense that, to me, she's the energy of the movie. You know, like Sadie doesn't really have a lot of energy. She mm-hmm. kind of keeps the energy going. Uh, and the film is ultimately about the two of them and, and honestly kind of her feelings towards the two of them. So, mm-hmm. uh, so no, I, I just view her as, as, uh, being the heart of it. And she's also just the one who like both actresses are great in the role, but Michaela is really the one that consistently makes you go, Oh, they're adorable. While simultaneously being like, Holy shit. Do not fuck with them. You know, yeah, her so- mani- maniacal <laughs> laughter gives me life. It's the best maniacal laughter I've ever heard. It's pretty great. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for us on Tragedy Girls. So we're going to be moving into our Patreon content now. We're going to be talking about what we think is going on with Michaela's family, who is themselves a bit <laughs> odd. Uh, and we'll also talk about the line that Michaela utters later on in the film, saying that we could use 
saying that we could Snapchat a used tampon and it would be huge. And we were talking about whether or not that's true and what that means for them and social media and all that stuff. Uh, so if you'd like to hear that, just go to patreon.com slash killahorrorcritic for just a dollar a month to get access to all of our additional bonus content, uh, including voting on what we talk about for each month, uh, lists of upcoming films for the week that you should check out, stuff like that. So again, if you'd like to support us there, just go to patreon.com slash killahorrorcritic. Every dollar helps pay our writers and keeps us and the podcast going and keeps the website going. So just any support you can give would be great. Otherwise, we just appreciate you listening. I uh, want to give a shout out to our killer members on Patreon, uh, Ben Scouten, Michael Campbell, Martin Nichetta, Seth Vermonten, Kelsey Lynn, and John Reed Adams. Just thank you so much for all of your support and everything that you do for us. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Jennifer's Body, which we were mentioning a bit earlier. Uh, really excited to talk about that one. That one is just starting, I feel like, to get the love that it deserves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's it on Tragedy Girl. So I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. And have a good night, horror fans. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more, please subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Killer From Space, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore Horror underscore Critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled just the way I like them. Have a good night. Horror fans. <laughs> <laughs>